Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 216 of the Ask the Coach show where Ping Skills helps you improve your table tennis. 216 is the number of stitches on a baseball. Today, we'll talk about the drill of the week, and it's an important one if you want to improve. In the questions, we discuss relaxing your arm while looping, Ma Long versus Waldner, when to play a pivot, returning serve in doubles, and updating your tactics during a match. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, Supercoach Alois Rosario is here to answer your questions. Welcome, Alois. Good morning, Jeffrey. How are you this morning? Yeah, I'm really good, Alois. And, you know, I'm pretty excited. It's going to be a big show today. A lot of good stuff in here. Absolutely. Yes. Now, I really want to jump straight into the drill of the week because this is an important one for improving. Tell us about the drill of the week. Yeah, and this is one you can do um, with a robot as well as with multiball. Um, so what we do is we come in, we play the first uh, ball with this as a short push, and then the next ball is long and we make a forehand topspin or a backhand topspin. So the and drill both is... both balls backspin? Yeah, that's right. So both balls are coming off a backspin. So um, the first ball will be a short backspin where I come in and make um, a push. And then the next ball will be a long backspin where I go out and make that topspin. So this is really relevant because in a match situation, often the player serves short. So that's when you need to come in and make that um, return. And then the next ball hopefully comes back to you a little bit longer and you move out and make that forehand topspin. So it's a really important one to to start that conversion between the defensive um, rally and the attacking rally. Um, So as I said, you can do it with multi-ball. I I usually do do it with multi-ball where if I'm um, working with a player, I'll um, push the first one short, then grab another ball and push it long. Or you could even do it with the same ball. So... Um, you push that short, they push it back short, and then you push that same ball back long um, so that they can make that um, that top spin. With a robot, you can also do it. So um, if you've got a robot that uh, can do more than one uh, type of uh, ball at a time, so this is a two-ball drill, get the robot to um, send the first one out short. You could even do it as a serve, so bouncing into your side, into their, the robot side first um, comes at you like a short serve, you come in, you push that one and then get the robot to feed the next one out along with backspin. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so really useful drill. Yeah, I like it a lot. And as you said, it's it happens in a match so often. So if you can improve in this area, um, you're going to be harder to play against in a match. So everybody get out there, try the drill of the week and let us know if it uh, helps your game. All right. Now, moving on to yesterday's Ping Seals question of the day, it was, how do you overcome bad form? What were people's ideas? Yes, I had uh, quite a few ideas. So Thad, very simple, said, practice more. I like that, Thad. Um, Giancarlo said, discipline. Bilu said, I make my video and ask myself, am I that much so dumb? I start exercises, by the way, and if the form is drastic. I switch my blade to a very controlled wood. Wouldn't necessarily recommend you change equipment, though, Billu. I think you know it's it's more a matter of working through um, your technique. 
Um, so Mick, uh, uh, sorry, Dana said, first you have to recognize that you have bad form, then take the proper steps to correct it by focusing on the solution and execute it properly. I like that uh, logical thinking. Um, Duncan uh, said, try and work out the reason first and foremost. Sometimes, though, I find that giving myself some some time away from the game or playing a different style of play, lobbing, etc., can be really effective. So just, you know, freeing yourself up, I suppose, there, Duncan. Um, and also watching videos of top players can be really inspiring and make you uh, want to play again. So some good ideas. But my favourite um, comes from uh, Simon Johnson and... Let me, just as an aside, um, so Simon uh, Johnson, I read just yesterday, took a double hat trick in uh, cricket on the weekend. So playing down uh, down Warrnambool Way in Victoria. Um, oh, my goodness. Do you mean he took six wickets in a row or he took three no. one time and then three and another time? No, it, not quite. It's it, A double hat trick is actually four wickets in a row. So oh, um, yes, that does yeah. make sense. Yes. So uh, yeah, I, I I was thinking the same thing, but uh, I tell you, four four wickets in four balls is pretty impressive, Simon. So I'm going to listen to you, Simon. So Simon says, form is temporary, class is permanent. Be positive, and back your ability, and things will turn around. I like those wise words from a very wise man, obviously. So, uh, wow, that is quote of the day. Well done, ab- Simon. I like absolutely. it a lot. Yes, indeed. Double hat trick, man. Thank you. Brilliant. All right. Well, that moves us on to today's question. And the Pink Sales question of the day is, who would win in a table tennis match, Forrest Gump or Bruce Lee? And a big thank you to Johan for suggesting for suggesting that question. Well, we were asked um, who is the best player of all time in the Ask the Coach forum, and there was quite a bit of discussion. And then you know, Forrest Gump and Bruce Lee both got brought up, and uh, Johan thought that would be a great question. So jump onto the Ping Seals Facebook page or the Ping Seals website and go to the Table Tennis blog and let us know who would win in a table tennis match: Forrest Gump or Bruce Lee. So that's a table tennis match, right? Not a fight, not a nunchuck battle. Table tennis match. Right. They're both okay. pretty good. We've seen we've seen that video with Bruce Lee, you know, he's amazing. And then we all know how good Forrest Gump is. So I think it'd be a close match. Yeah, it, the man's delusional. That's all right. All right. Um, talking about delusion... Uh, who thinks this is a good segment this day in history, but we're still doing it. So let us know how I see what happened on the 3rd of February. Well, here we go. It's the day the music died, Jeffrey. Is that a song by Guns N' Roses or? Jeff, Jeff, the day the music died. So, the tragedy of Buddy Holly dying in a plane crash today, 1959. Really? That's, that's See, right. and there I was just, you know, giving you grief over this segment and you come up with a really good one just to slap me in the face. That's really exactly. good. I, I enjoyed that one. Exactly. Buddy Holly, and which, you know, tragically inspired the greatest song of all time, American Pie, that uh, used the line, the day the music died. 
There you go. That's really, really good. You've just caught me there. Well done. I like it. <laughs> all right. Um, well, you know, I'm struggling with all that emotion now, but I've got to move on to the question. So let's just plow ahead. Um, first up, Mike has asked a question. He said, hi, guys. When I'm looping with my forehand, and he's a lefty like you, Alois, he says, I try to relax my arm for a better swing, but sometimes I lose my form along the way. Either my elbow or wrist goes out of whack. So how do I find the correct medium so I don't lose form? Yeah, this is it, it, this is an interesting um, uh, trade-off here between being too relaxed and uh, not relaxed enough. So we often talk to you about you know making sure that you're you're relaxed with your swing, but sometimes yes. What I see is when when we start to talk about being relaxed, people start to do this with their bats and their arm goes all over the place. And as you say, Mike, your elbow starts to float around. The thing to focus on here, and this is why we, we always harp on this, the thing to focus on is your start position and your finish position. And just getting your bat to move as easily and um, smoothly as you can between those two points. But it has to move between those two points. So it can't move anywhere else. It's just got to move in a straight line between those two points. So if you really focus on that um, and uh, remaining relaxed, then you'll start to find that the, the, the swing will start to smooth out a little bit. But yeah, I do understand what you mean. It, 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 it is difficult. You know, sometimes when we start to think about relaxed, the, the arm does get a bit floppy and, um, and the stroke goes out of whack. So um, remember the start and finish and staying relaxed. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because if you remember the start and finish, your stroke can't go out of whack because you've got the correct path. Um, but, yeah, I guess generally we give the advice about relaxing because the most common problem is people tensing up. But, yeah, obviously some people do relax really well and, and lose form. Great question, Mike. Um, yeah, so get on to those start and finish positions and let us know if that helps up. Love to hear your feedback after you try focusing on the start and finish position. All right. Now, a couple of questions from Victor. Victory, he's back and asking questions on Google Q&A app. So thanks for the questions. And this one is, who would win Marlong versus Jan Ovo Voldner if they were both in their early 20s? Uh, Waldner. Waldner. Well, no, there you go. All right. Um, yeah, and we asked this, uh, I think it was a Pink Seals question of the day recently, and it was pretty close, but I think most people were going for Waldner too, um, Victor. And then here's one for um, you in particular, Alois. Uh, is it possible that you could start studying Swedish? If so, that would be cool. I know you've passed school a long, long, long just three longs, a long, long, long time ago. But please study and learn to speak Swedish. Please, Alois and Jeff. Hey, hey, Victor. Uh, good morgen. Um, uh, welcome. Welcome. Um, welcome. Uh, welcome, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good morgen. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, you've mastered it. There you go. I don't uh, think there's any... Good night. Uh, good night already. Tak, tak. I think I think yeah. you've mastered it. No need to yeah. go on any further. Yeah. 
Nay, nay. Nay. All right, good one. Um, Tam says, hi, Alois. When I do a side spin backspin serve to my opponent's forehand, they push long into my backhand, and he's a lefty as well. Everyone's a lefty today. And he always spins it with his backhand into the net. So Tam's wondering, is he better pivoting in this situation? And how do you know when you should play a pivot? Hello. 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 Yeah. So this is, this is a big question. Um, it's, it starts with uh, placing your serve well. So by placing your serve and practicing your serve a lot and practicing third ball a lot, you start to get the, um, the feel for where the ball's going to come back. So that's the first thing. So if you're, um, if you're worried about the ball coming into your backhand, so I'm a lefty, uh, if I'm worried about the ball coming back into my backhand, then you want to be serving a little bit more into the right hand as backhand corner so that the natural angle is a little bit more to my middle or to my forehand and they can't get me wide on the backhand side. Um, as to when you're going to play that forehand and backhand, so that's a decision-making thing. And a, a useful exercise is uh, with either multi-ball um, or with a third ball drill. So get if it's multi-ball, get the, your partner to feed backspin, but anywhere in your the two-thirds of your um, backhand side of your table, so from your backhand corner to about halfway across your forehand. So from there, um, you then need to make a decision as to when you're going to play a backhand and when you're going to play a forehand. Um, so that's, a, I find, a really useful drill to, um, to start to get that decision-making happening uh, better. So where's the ball and... When am I going to play a forehand? Where's my crossover? When am I going to play um, that backhand as well? Um, the other thing you can do is to also think about, in a game situation, about the types of serves you're doing. So, you know, so this serve, um, the opponent might like to jam it back into your backhand, um, whereas a reverse serve or even a simple tomahawk or a backhand serve, they may not um, be as comfortable um, returning that ball into your backhand. So there's lots and lots of considerations to think about there, Tam. So not just um, uh, about your backhand. But then we do need to go back to that basic of being able to improve that backhand topspin against backspin as well. So, you know, that's something you can just practice with multi-ball. You know, get them to feed the ball into your backhand and focus on your stroke, try to get that stroke better. If the ball's always going into the net, then it's probably a little bit more about becoming a bit more vertical with your stroke or just increasing the speed of your racket to lift the ball over the net um, if the ball's, yeah, the ball's dropping off there. So so lots of uh, things to think about there, Tam. So one is consider uh, the positioning of your serve, consider the type of serve that you're doing, um, practice that um, decision-making with multi-ball in between your forehand and backhand area. And then as a basic, make sure you're improving that backhand topspin as well, because if you improve that, then the problem almost goes away. Yeah, great tips and great question, Tam. A lot to think about. So um, you might have to replay this, uh, this answer a few times to get all the information, but take good note of it and let us know if that helps you. Good luck, Tam. All right, next question is from Arjan, who says, 
Lately, it seems as if my service return gets significantly worse when playing doubles. I completely miss the ball off to the side or constantly feed them into the net. And I ask myself, why? Why do I stumble even against easy serves in doubles? Yeah, it's, it's, this is an interesting one. Um, often it's just people's orientation to the table and also just the perception or a different perception from a, a different area. You know, like it's, um, you say that um, it's the same serves and you're having difficulty. So it's just because you're, uh, you might be positioning yourself a little bit differently. So if I'm receiving in singles, okay, I'm standing over here, and I'm seeing the serve come from here or come from there, and I'm used to that um, angle. I'm used to that position. Now in doubles, I'm over here and looking at the uh, the serve from a different angle, and it's surprising how um, easy it is to muck it up when uh, there's just that slight change. Um, I relate it to um, a person doing a pendulum serve from their normal position. So they're doing their pendulum serve from their backhand corner, um, but they move over to the the forehand uh, side and do exactly the same serve. And often you'll find that the receiver will um, make a mistake on that return because it's just a different picture. Um, It's just a slightly different angle that the ball's coming in at. So it's about getting used to that. Um, It's about just orienting yourself, uh, orientating yourself uh, better for that double serve. So face face the serve better, and then you need to make that decision between the forehand and backhand. So in your extended question, you did talk about that a little bit as well. So, you know, you're not sure um, to play forehand or backhand. So position yourself in the middle of that area that you're receiving from from, uh, with doubles, Uh, and then you can work out, you know, do you want to be a little bit more this way to try and return with the forehand or um, as you see, some players doing, they um, move right over and return all of their shots with the backhand. The other consideration is your partner. So if you're all the way over here and and um, using all of the table and it, then you're moving your partner out of, uh, out of the way, you need to also consider that. So, yeah, lots of considerations. But the main thing is just firstly, make sure you orientate yourself to facing the serve um, and just just get used to the different angle. It's just a little bit different. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe a good suggestion, Arjan, is actually to practice uh, returning from that position um, and you'll start to get used to it. And yeah, I agree with you totally about that orientation, Alice. And I know we're talking about receiving here, but even with serving, when you mentioned that pendulum serve, I actually find it much easier to serve the pendulum from the backhand side because I do that much more often. But when I move over to the forehand side, maybe to try and confuse my opponent, it feels really strange serving from that forehand side, even though it's exactly the same serve. So it's really just a matter of getting used to serving from different spots or in this case for Arjun, returning from the different spot. Yeah, good point. All right, great question. All right, now um, let's go on to Abhinav's question. He says, I think Samsonov troubled Timo with his fast long serve into Timo's backhand throughout the match. He's talking about the recent German Open where Samsonov beat Timo Bowl and went on to make the final. And Abhinav asks, what would you do if someone continues to trouble you in one particular spot? Yeah, so uh, so good observation there, first of all, Abhinav. Uh, 
he, uh, Samsonov did trouble uh, Timo Boll. So Samsonov's a right-hander, Boll's left-handed. Um, so he, he served the pendulum serve a few times on critical points straight down the line into Boll's backhand and Boll got um, jammed up um, with his with his backhand and made, either made a mistake or gave Samsonov an easier ball. So what do you do in that situation? If it's if it's happening a lot, try to close out that option by um, almost leaning towards it. So if um, in in that situation, so um, a right hander, so Jeff's serving long to me into my backhand side here. If I open myself out a little bit more and give myself a little bit more space and almost uh, like you're going to be ready for that return, then it closes out that option in the in the server's mind a little bit anyway. So even though it it still might be an awkward return for me, just by um, changing my body position and showing the server that I'm ready for that uh, return, they they will often change their serve and serve somewhere else. And you know, from here, I can still go to make the short return or return with a forehand or whatever it is. So, so just by um, changing your body position, um, you can, in in the server's mind, you can start to close that op- option out um, as well. So just open it up. Um, it, I mean, it's di- it's difficult to change your ability to um, uh, to return a serve, but. Th- those little things can just help you in that particular match anyway. Yeah, interesting. So you definitely don't want to just keep doing the same thing. Is that what you're saying? Try and change something up so that it gives your opponent a different view of the, of the match. Yeah, yeah, I like that th- uh, thought. So just the, um, yeah, g- give your opponent a different picture to look at so that they're not thinking, okay, I'm going to serve that deep into, into um, the backhand again. Yeah, I've heard some people say maybe you should just try and attack that ball really aggressively because then even if you miss it, that will scare the opponent off. Not really sure. Maybe that works. Maybe it doesn't. Yeah, I, um, I think I think it does to some extent, especially especially early in um, the game. But I mean, this is something that might have just developed during the match as well. You know, like in general, um, you know, ball's pretty good in that position. Samsonov was just you know using deception pretty well and just throwing it in um there's a fast serve every now and then so um yeah but but definitely if you if you swing hard at it your opponent especially if your opponent doesn't know you that well uh, your opponent thinks oh okay he missed it but gee that was scary um i'm gonna stay away from that yeah interesting well great question Abhinav. and you know as Aloy said good observations great to see you watching the top matches Everyone should get onto ITTV. Um, it's on the ITTF website, and they stream live table tennis matches of all the top events. So um, check out ITTV. All right, Alois, just a couple of quick ones from Victor E. He said, and these spoke- are both for you, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> he said, you spoke well, Alois, so keep practicing, but next time he wants to hear me, okay? And um, he also said, how is it going with the cubes? Or is it too difficult? Um, it's going all right. You know, I keep practicing um, the cubes. So, um, you know, I'm getting better. My best in competition was just under 30 seconds, 29.3. But it's slow going for some of my age to keep learning. So I'm, I'm hoping to get better and I'm still practicing. And I saw, um, I think you put a, 
a post up the other day about the robot that's uh, solving the cube in one point something seconds now. I know. These uh, computer whizzes built a robot with some 3D printing and everything and some cameras took pictures of the scrambled cube and then solved it in 1.3 seconds. It's a world record. They're just waiting for confirmation to get the world record fastest solved by a robot. Technology takes over, Alloys. Yes, indeed. Use that robot for multiball. Technology always wins. All right. Well, that wraps up show 216. Big thank you to everyone who asked questions and thank you to everybody for watching. And, of course, thank you, Alloys, for all your words of wisdom. And thanks, Jeff. And we will see you tomorrow morning, bright and early.